It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How good is Australia? Have a go. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Get a job. Have a go. To start a business. Start a family. To buy a home. Have a go. Have a go. And get a fair go when they have that go. Get a job. Work hard. Work hard. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. This is the best country in the world in which to live. Work hard. Welcome to another episode of the Have A Go podcast. My name is Dave Edwards and I'm joined by Dane Eldridge. Welcome to the show, mate, once more. Uh, pleasure to be here with you again, mate, as we uh, keep this uh, bedside vigil next to our weary and jaundiced nation. Best nation in the world. Beautiful. Almost poetry, that. Um, <laughs> firstly, I'd like to just quickly do a shout out to the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Thank you to everyone out there for listening so far where... You know, we're getting in there. We're a few episodes deep now. Thank you for all your kind reviews, your ratings. Um, keep spreading the good word, I think, is yep. the message I want to get out there. Any other messages from you? I think you should tell at least three people you know, okay? Mm. That's the rule. That's all we're asking. We, I mean, this podcast is free after all. I'm not saying that, it, you know, it's a high-quality product, free. but it is free. Um, and we'd uh, like you to tell everyone that there is a free product out there. Not much free in the world these days. That's true. And we basically want to overtake the project in terms of agenda setting for the nation. That's so if you can do. just help us do that, that would be really good. Yep. Um, if you want to send us any questions, uh, any feedback, you can reach us via Gmail. Um, we are on haveagopodcast at gmail.com. Yep. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook, kind of fledgingly on Facebook. Yep. Not really updating it as much as Insta. And um, yeah, flea sales, if you want us on the 730 report, just DM me. Topic ideas, anything you want to do, uh, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. So, mate, we're talking about another big topic uh, yep. on the on the podcast this week. I mean, one of the big questions you face as a parent, one of the first big questions you face is around schooling. Yep. Where are you going to send your kid? And in Australia, that really boils down to one question, doesn't it? Public or private? Public or private, the age-old debate, mate. Mm. Didn't your school burn down? <laughs> <laughs> Who have you been talking to? Uh, it, it did actually. I was long gone after it happened, right. but, um, but it did burn down. My dad phoned me in an absolute tiz one night um, to tell me that, that the school was burning down. He was watching it burn down. Um, and he expected me to have some kind of emotional reaction, but I went to a public school. So yep. it was just, you know, it'll get rebuilt. It's fine. And you know what? It was just, it was made like purely from radiata pine. It was just a well, matter of time. That's the thing, mate. Public schools, they're an absolute tinderbox. Just, you know, rub two sticks together on a hot day and fucking goes up in flames. Oh, mate. That's a great thing about private schools, though. I mean, they're not flammable. (laughs) You can't light Standstone. I've always said that. And that's, yeah, I know. I I mean, I wouldn't know. I mean, I'm taking this opportunity, obviously, (laughs) to to sort of look longingly through the the Sandstone gates and what it's it's like to go to a private school. Well, they're structurally sound. The gates themselves structurally sound. You can't light them. You know, and even if you did try and set school on fire... You know, you'd be arrested within three seconds yeah. of lighting that flame. So and that's you, a good thing about probably wouldn't even get within three hundred meters of the school anyway. No, no. So I would um, have thought so, mate. So yeah, as you can tell, there's obviously um, a little bit of class wars uh, going on with the public and private um, uh, dynamic, which we're going to go right into. Obviously, mm. is me being someone from the wrong side of the tracks, and you being from sandstone, basically. <laughs> from sandstone, basically. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're we're from different sides of the track, but I think that's why you know we've come together on this podcast to give different experiences. Experiences that you know, hopefully that people can relate to. But you know, I went to a, I went to a public school in my formative years. Yep. Um, up until year five, uh, before shifting to you know what is called an independent boys' school, or you know, 
in terms of like cultural wars, private school, private. I don't even know what that fucking means. Just the private. way you said it too. It's just like private. But I, I still remember walking into the grounds on my first day, on my induction day to this, to this private school uh, that I was sent to. You know, the day before I was just fucking around on monkey bars <laughs> at a public school and then, you know, walking into these beautiful gates, you know, little kids running around in khaki with, you know, shorts and socks pulled up, held up by garters, <laughs> um, you know, ties, boaters, blazers, all this kind of gear, you know, groundsmen, multiple groundsmen attending to the fields. It was an absolute mind blow. It but within three seconds, I was adjusted and that was suddenly my world. Yeah, well, you would have known no better after that time, I guess. But, uh, I mean, look, it's it's not all bad in the – you know, I'm not going to disparage the entire public system. It's not all bad. No. You know, there's a lot of great Australians that have come through the public system. No, no, none, none I can remember. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, look, it's it's not it's not the absolute cesspit that people make out. Like, at, you know, at our school, you, you could get a blazer if you wanted to. Like, they weren't standard issue, but you yep. could get one, but it would be lined with Kevlar. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know some you know, some schools around our area were only uh, actually recognised the Second Amendment as well, which yep. was yeah, which was a little bit scary. But um, but you know, other than that, I'm not here to tell people to not send their kids to public school. No, okay? you're not. No, because there's a syllabus there, you yep. know, and there's 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 riches to be had. But you know, part of the obsession with school is is the importance of of selecting the right school, isn't it? And and you're you're a parent, and I'm a parent as well, and mm. we've we, we've got young kids, and that's just around the corner, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, what, why do you think? Personally, I think it's selecting the right school is important, mainly for that status, really. Yeah, and child's ed- education too. Um, but yes, yeah, status and parking, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking hard to get a good park. Oh, isn't it ever? You um, seen those fucking lineups with that drop off? Yeah. I mean, by the time you drop them off, it's time to pick them up again. Yeah. yeah probably not worth sending them, to be honest. No, but- well, I, I think, you know, you, you talk about status in, in, in schools and, and you mentioned uniforms before. I mean, that's probably the biggest signifier of a private school is, is the uniform itself, um, the boaters, the blazers. You know, I still remember being issued my boater upon joining my private school. And I'm not sure. Do you know what a boater is? I don't. But is it like getting like when they give the baggy green to the Australian? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's a celebration. Yeah. Um, you know, your mentors there. Everyone's yeah, like, you know, yeah, some former. It's televised. It's live on KO for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. But what is a boater? Yeah, no, I, I well, don't. A boater I don't know. is a men's summer hat that was very popular in the kind of late nineteenth century, early twentieth century, particularly during the silent film era. Um, it's basically a, a hat that's woven with straw. Okay. And, you know, has, has kind of the insignia around it. Um, and it's, a, it's kind of a luxury branding exercise by the private school okay. because those kids are obviously walking around, you know, to and fro school in that uniform and it's branding. Of it's branding for the school and yes, that's yes. why they do it. I mean, I remember, you know, taking, you know, the tra- public transport to and fro school and basically I, I like to do this thing where I didn't wear at home. Like I used, I'd take off my boat, I'd take off my blazer, a bit of a renegade. Just to show you, I am an individual. I'm not just a student. I'm not, You're yeah, a person. exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I remember I re- repeatedly got dobbed in by a mother of a student who saw me take off my boat and blazer when I was getting at home from school. Like the, kind of like the, um, the Gestapo. Yeah, in it's the like Nazi. a secret society or something. Yeah, like a secret police. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like stationed everywhere. So the, everyone is in on it. The people are the police. That does. That sounds like something. I mean, look, I, I, I was taught in a demountable and it didn't have any air conditioning, mm. um, so yeah, we couldn't even afford you know to be cool, let alone have mm. a hat. 
But um, yeah, look, in saying that, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that I'm not, um, you know, I'm a victim of private school envy. Yep. I mean, you ask anyone, you see these people who do posts on their Facebook accounts, you know, I'm, I'm a, pr- a proud graduate of the school of hard knocks, you know what I mean? I wouldn't <laughs> change it for the world. But, yeah. but you know, they're all lying. They, they, would, they would give anything, you know, to have an orchestra pit or just to be beaten in the name of the father. You yeah. know what I mean? Like everyone wants to know what it's like across the divide there. Well, I mean, at least at your school there were women, or not women, girls <laughs> I should say. There weren't women at that, you know, until they graduate. But, um, you know, I went to an independent boys' school. I didn't mm. see a woman until the age of 18, had no idea how to deal with women. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. guess that's – is that a benefit for you? You know, those formative years of growing up alongside girls, getting to know the opposite sex, did it help well, or hinder? Yeah, well, it, it, there was benefits, but still the, 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 the part of me just still wanted to know what it was like on the private school side of things. You know, with they have the uh, – what do they call it? Uh, you know, separate schools, have the girls' school and the boys' school. Sister schools, brother yeah, schools. Yeah. I just yep. wanted to date a girl from one of the all-girls schools and, mm-hmm. and I eventually did. I mean, she was she was in year 11. I mean, I was 32 at the time <laughs> but um, but I finally got to – but, yeah, it definitely, yep. does, um, definitely does teach you skills mm. um, but it's not enough to um, quell that curiosity. Yeah, right, okay. I mean, what about the actual education itself? Was it a good solid education that you received through the pri- the, pu- the public sector, should I say? Well, yeah, public I mean... Public system, I should say. Yeah, some some kids in my class passed. Yeah, they did. Um, like I, um, uh, you know, we're the type of school where hmm. the results weren't po- uh, posted in the Herald. It was more like in some gloomy report from the ABS. <laughs> Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So, so yeah, you know, I think I think some of them have jobs now. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Did you nail your HSC? Uh, I got an asterisk. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I, I didn't actually open it. I just, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, um, yeah, I didn't just want Dad to mail. say it. Fuck off. Yeah, that's right. It was junk mail. But, um, but yeah, look, and to this day, all I want to do is just tie a wins or not, and I do mm. all the time. Just on the. I'm an old man, and that's what I do. Well, the HSC is very important, as you as you flagged in the in the independent or private sector. I'm re- I still remember waiting for my HSC results on, um, uh, you know, 2003. It was when, you know when I graduated, and the Rugby World Cup was on that year, and it was a couple of weeks before getting the HSC results, and we had a big night. Australia played England in the final, as you may remember. Johnny Wilkinson did us with a drop goal. On the- in the final moments. Think about it every day. And I remember getting the train home that day and, you know, we were loose. We got on probably about 1am and it was a packed train, got up the top of the staircase and it was really quiet for some reason. I wondered what was going on. I looked uh, and there was a bloke st- sitting in the six-seater by himself with two Smirnoff ices in both hands. And I was like, who's that? And I was like, oh, that's Sterling Mortlock. That, that guy actually played in the, um, in the World Cup final earlier that evening and he was just getting a train home. And, you know, we sat down with him and all that, had a few laughs and then got off the train, he ended up getting off at my station. We walked home together wow. and we started talking about the HSC. And I started, said, look, I'm a bit nervous about my results coming, um, you know, and he said, you know, don't worry about it. It's not the be all and end all. He gave me some really strong advice and I felt really relaxed after that, you know, because it's a very um, nerve inducing weight period, you know, waiting for your HSC results means so much. Definitely does. And that's a, I don't think I could think even fabricate a more private school story mm. than that, but I had, you know, yeah, I had uh, some uh, bad nerves about my HSC and I was um, <laughs> calmed by the Wallaby captain that's on the night of the World Cup final. Exactly, mate. Yeah. And then I remember walking out of the station and directly across the road, there were some police officers there and he just shouted out, fucking pigs. <laughs> and they did nothing. And then I realized at that time, also, when you play rugby for Australia, you can do anything. That's right, you can. Four more years, but nothing. Yeah. 
That's a wonderful story. Well, it's a bit of a tangent, but it is a story, I guess. But you know, I I, I managed to get through my HSC and into the into the university that I like that I wanted to get into, and and that kind of that got me there. So I guess I did get there in the end. You did, you but did. I don't know whether I'm better for those those uh, secondary experiences than you are. As we sit here together in a studio making a podcast that literally no one listens to. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Like, would I change? any of this or anything that, that I have done. I mean, I'm here now, so of course I wouldn't, you know, I've, I've, I've made it. I'm mm. talking to a Well, microphone. there's literally, I mean, I've seen studies. I mean, you don't listen to this podcast for studies, but there is apparently no academic advantage from being in an independent private school to being in a public system. That's that's amazing, and um, but I'm not going to perpetuate that myth. But it's the networks, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah, the networks it you get. I mean, did you, when you went to school, I mean, are you still mates with, blokes that you went to school with or were their fathers, you know, prominent QCs or, or investment bankers or any of that kind of stuff? No, not at all. Oh, so that's honest. not oh, – okay. <laughs> I thought that was just what everyone had. Should we, so you've never needed to get out of a legal situation. You couldn't just call a mate whose dad was like a prominent QC? No, I haven't. Um, and it's it's weird because, yeah, being from the public side of things that there are probably going to be many, many criminal situations that I find myself in. So it seems a little bit off. Have a go. Heartbreak High is back, rebooted for a new generation. And this series is edgier and more rebellious than ever before. In this series, the COVID-19 outbreak forces Hartley High to pivot to remote learning. But May and Drazik's warehouse doesn't have Wi-Fi yet. Lee is expelled for using deep fake technology to implicate a female student in a porno. Melanie's Black Lives Matter graffiti on the demountables causes a huge rift with her right-wing dad. Veteran principal Les Bailey's cancelled for accidentally addressing a trans student with the incorrect pronoun. Drazik and Ryan wag school to play Pokemon Go. Nikki lands work experience at Google but quits midweek over privacy concerns. Kurt develops a vaping addiction which threatens his burgeoning footy career and the students stage a month-long protest over an air conditioning system with a one-star energy rating which puts their HSC in jeopardy. Tune in to the new series of Heartbreak High, edgier than ever, coming soon. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How to sign off. Well, 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 and not the way it was, as has been suggested, suggested, but for the last time, 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 the way it is, this Friday, the 29th of November, this is Brian, Brian Henderson, sad, Brian Henderson, sad, sad, saying, not good night this time, but good, good, goodbye. Yep, yep, yep. That time of the week again, where we welcome our social commentator and, and comedian special guest, Luke Heggie, to the show. G'day. G'day, Australia. G'day, Australia. G'day, Luke. Um, mate, we're talking schools this week, schooling, education. Um, we're kind of touching on our own personal experiences in this episode. Okay. Can you run us through your personal experience? I mean, growing up in Queensland, where you're from, mm. must have been a fascinating time. Oh, great time to be alive. I, I went to, um, I went to, because my parents weren't violent, so they had to outsource it to the Christian Brothers. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Just did 12 years of getting shit kicked out of me up yeah. there. Get a, like started, starting with the nuns, get in gently in yep. the convent and uh, yep. get a size size six clerks up your ass yep. uh, for three years and then off to the Christian Brothers where you're getting, you know, strapped across the hand and then like, I never got fucked, but I did. There were there was a bit of that sort of action. I, I um, got perved at in the change rooms by the brothers, that sort of thing. But never. Well, that's on the curriculum. Yeah, that's oh, part of the curriculum. But fortunately for me, I lived near the school, so I was a day boy. The borders were in the firing line far more right. than me. 
Yeah. Well, they're just there 24-7. You, you can escape at 4pm yeah, and get are. the fuck out. But in there, like, luckily for them, I was only a little fella, I didn't really know what's going on. They were, like, some, they were from the country, a lot of these boys, and there were mm. some PNG boys as well. They're clearly right. not fucking 10. I was 10. They were probably... And they're in the first 15? Yeah, yeah. Those blokes? They were, well, it was primary school, but they could have, they could have <laughs> yeah. played up in, yeah. the, in the secondary yeah. school. They were fucking big. No way. They, they had hair on their balls and stuff. They weren't yeah. fucking 10. And... Um, yeah, they sort of they could have bashed the brothers really. They got together and got one shifted off to the country. Yeah, right. Cool his heel for five years and then come back to the city and get back to business. So you look back at those experiences fondly then? Oh, great time. I mean good mates, good time. <laughs> All boys. Yeah. Just boys for yeah. you know, my whole fucking childhood. Yeah. Spat out at seventeen, don't know how to speak to a woman. Well, I'm great. the same, mate. I went to an you know, independent boys' school and yeah, mm. no idea how to speak to a woman. Don't know how I got married. No idea. Arranged marriage actually. Yeah. I still don't know myself how I did it, um, but uh, yeah, you know, it was it was a good time. I'd, I'd, you know, we just we just got bad. I was on the tail end of getting bashed. I think when I finished school, they pretty much stopped bashing. So next year. So what year? I mean, you're, what the fuck? What era is this? Uh, I finished school in 1991. Right. So I was very very much on the end of getting kicked. I, I did get kicked. Eighties. Yeah. yeah. 80s. Glory years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the bloody good old days. Fuck, yeah, you, get, right. you get away with a lot in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know what to do themselves after that. But now, like, schooling's changed a lot. This was a Catholic boys' school, and now Catholic boys' schooling appears to be a big business, 30 grand a year sort of fucking thing, Range yep. Rovers, all the rest of it. <laughs> it was, certainly wasn't like that. They took poor boys. Yep. They, they, whatever, take anyone in. Huddled masses. I'm taking anyone. Oh, it, it, there was, like, an Asian in our in our class. Jesus. So wow. this is Brisbane in the 80s. Right. There's yeah, only right. one family there running a restaurant. That's today. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting, uh, interesting point you make there, mate. So you did go to a Catholic school. Now, obviously, yeah. as, as much as we'd like to think it doesn't, there's there's class wars that, that are attached with the public-private dichotomy these days, mate. What's your take on, um, on on how it exists in the Australian landscape? Well, I mean, it's still like this attitude still does exist a bit, but it used to be just put your kid in the nearest school. If that's a religion you don't believe in, stiff shit, kid, mm. it's walkable. You go there. Mate. Or state school, obviously. Greek Orthodox. That's what you are now. Yeah, it's just around the corner. Yeah. But now Stiff it's shit. It's definitely a status thing, and all the hippie ones have been taken over by the rich. Montessori, fucking mm. hell, and like Rudolf Steiner, he'd be turning in his grave to Wouldn't think he? there's fucking trendy rich. He's a brand now, rich. isn't he? Oh mm. yuck! He never he's, he's intended like, that for the fucking people from no. the Blue Mountains, did he? No, he no. didn't. <laughs> That's not no. what it started out to When be he right. started that, I was like, mate, this is strictly for inner Sydney. The elites. <laughs> only they shall learn Sydney this. Sydney only. Yeah. <laughs> now it's a bunch of kids who, you know, parents demand that they don't get told to tie their fucking shoes up and shit. I don't know. But, like, I've got a brother who's a teacher. Fucking nightmare. Hmm. Parents, parents are terrible people now. Yep. Nothing is a kid's fault. I'm not saying bash them, but something in between bashing and, you know, crawling out of the room backwards because a kid tells you to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> There's some middle ground there that's been just glossed over in less than a generation. Well, when you talk about, yeah, how you used to just send your kid to the nearest school Mm. uh, geographically to your house, but these days, you know, those independent boys' schools have buses with the insignia of the school emblazoned upon them and they'll pick you up from your fucking door and take you to that gilded school. Yeah, if you're ready. I mean, the bus driver's just got to sit out there waiting for you at your fucking house. I mean, part of the experience for a, a child and what I hope for my son is that, you know, he has to take 17 forms of transport to get to his school. Mm. You know, That's bus, cool. train, tram, fucking plane yeah. if he has to. Teaches them good values, I reckon. Bump into some characters along the way. That's right. It's such, it's such an old man thing though, isn't it? We all, we all go, oh, mate, I had to get up at six o'clock, yeah. catch the 6.30 bus to the train, walk to the train, 
catch a train, then walk to school, get bashed on the way, <laughs> then get bashed for six hours at school and then do the same thing. Yeah. Home, <laughs> Had to home, shovel snow off dark. the fucking driveway. Yeah, there's all that. Australia. It goes back yeah. each generation. Yeah. Your dad's saying, yeah, well, I had to pick up the fucking shopping on my way home on my motorbike from kindergarten. So fuck <laughs> you. It's all, it always gets worse yeah. as it goes back. But, um, now I fucking do remote learning using the NBN at home. I don't even have to go to school. Yeah, yeah but your story will be, yeah, but I was cyberbullied. You know, so it's always going to be something, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We're always worse off. On cyberbullying, I, I have to say, I'd probably prefer to just get a black eye every now and then mm. than mm. cyberbullying. It's, it's just annoying getting cyberbullying. Yeah, your internet yeah. goes down, all that kind of shit. Oh, mm. yeah. Makes push That's notifications really unpleasant. Yeah. yeah, I usually like those targeted advertising. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. not a nerd, so I can't do graphics of pushing some fucking nerd's head into a toilet. Yeah, that's a physical thing. Like that's what, you know, this homeschooling shit ruined bullying, mm. which was used to be so much fun. Yeah, but you know, it's the kids, greatest tragedy. Did you ever? Are. Did you ever bully, or were you strictly bullied? I was. I was in between. Yeah. Like you give Bit some, give someone you take double some, agent, like a normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was. Yeah. Middle, middle of the road yeah, sort of thing. I wasn't the worst, wasn't the best. You weren't the big dog at school who was Absolutely fucking holding not. kids' heads in bubblers. No, no, couldn't do it. I was too small. Yeah, couldn't do that. Yeah, right. But, um, I mean, you've got kids now. Mm. Um, what do you hope for your children's educational experiences? Obviously, they're, you know, what, how old are they both? Uh, they're 12 and 10. Okay, so they've gone almost gone through the primary system. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty smooth sailing, if we're honest. But secondary is where it gets fucking real. I mean, yeah. what are your hopes and dreams for them and, and their educational well, experience? I mean, I just want them to be good people who work hard. I don't give a fuck for the top of the class or anything. But it's um, it's, my kids go to the French school, right, in Sydney. Wow, my, my missus is French. Yeah, so, okay. but uh, it is. Look, I'm the only one turning up with paint on my shorts and fucking <laughs> boots to pick them up. It's quite a posh. Who's in the French sort of school? school? French people, just, just French French kids. Yeah, I mean, there's the odd. Fucking improver, yep. who, like an Aussie couple who send their kids to French school, which is mad. Yeah, but they've got too much cash yep. to do mm, that. Mm. But um, I get a bit of help from the French government, thankfully. Do you? I'm a from Macron, loser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Macron <laughs> married his bloody uh, school teacher, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. I don't know why I mentioned that, but it just fascinates me. I don't know why your eyebrows are raised as yeah, well. I don't know. I'll put my shirt back on too. So. <laughs> so Imagine that the other way around. Yeah, I think that's where my intrigue no comes way from. You'd and be it's, president. A, it's a meaty age difference too. It's like twenty five years or something. Bit in it, yeah, yeah, mm. a bit. Yeah, it's a bit there. Yeah. yeah, well, that's progressive. Other way around, not so much. <laughs> so French French school. What are the sports there? You know, rugby, Aussie rules, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'll tell you what sports they've got. None. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about <laughs> sport, which ruins my weekends because right. we're going to join clubs and shit. There's no yep. fucking. Training after school. You should just leave your kids at school till dark and just play footy or something. Not there. Yeah, just, yeah you just turn up and there's like an oval for footy, but all the kids are just sitting around smoking like pencil thin cigarettes. Yeah, comparing mustaches. Talking about modernist art. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah they don't care about sport. What, uh, what is on the French curriculum, if I may ask? Academia. They're just just they're fucking quite, academia. Yeah, they're all academics. Just thinking, enlightenment subjects. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's, um, yeah, it's a pretty tough school. Actually. It's pretty un-Australian, isn't it? Well, I hate to use the term. Yes, I do, but yeah. 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 It, it is yeah. un-Australian. They don't assimilate. They live in enclaves. It's, uh, <laughs> you're not going to get the first 11 <laughs> thinking, are you? No, you're not, you, don't, you definitely don't. No, no. No, no plus they're, they're, their brand of cricket's fucked anyway. So French cricket? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, it's isn't no it? Good. Mm. No good. Two legs together, fucking yeah. underarm shit. What's that? Yeah, it's terrible. Mm, can't say it taken off. No. Nah. Nah. I think, though, if I, put, if I wanted to, I could create the French cricket team and, like, be I could be in it. Mm. You know, French national team. You go to the World Cup. 
Yep. Yeah. I reckon if yeah. you you know how there's loophole fuckheads who just represent some shit country that they've got some heritage with, but yep. they're actually just Aussies. Yeah. Who are good at cricket or whatever. It's like your third uncle was like spent a month in bloody Marseille or something. So yeah. yeah. You're talking about like qualified. expats who, who live in, you know, Singapore or Thailand and get into the Thailand cricket team or yeah. rugby team. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. Well, you see Whitey's on the Japanese rugby team. What the fuck's that? What's happened? <laughs> just Whitey's. <laughs> Again, find the other way around. Yeah. That way. Yeah. Nah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Mm. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Another issue solved. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good shit. Who are like, who are like out of tea? It's 2020 and Australia's schools are brimming with the workers of tomorrow. In Australia, it's the birthright of every child to be guaranteed a good education, unless, of course, they attend a public school. Luckily, there's a range of exclusive private institutions on offer that you probably can't afford, like this one, Stefferton for Boys. At Stiffies, your son will be exposed to a syllabus of rich diversity, with the school offering a wide range of Catholic modules and Anglo-male teachers to groom your son for his inevitable move into the VP role at Daddy's Firm. Better still, Stiffies is deeply intertwined with the staunch right of conservative politics, meaning your unimaginably large fees won't be the only largest flowing into its already swollen coffers. Here's PM of the day, Scott Morrison, an old Stiffy himself, pledging some much-needed funding for a 7th Olympic pool on campus to go right next door to Stiffy's International Airport. On your schemo, once a stiffy, always a stiffy. Stiffies also boasts a sporting program renowned for producing the stars of tomorrow. Here's young Timmy limbering up for the coxless pairs, while across the way, the first 15 are showing great brio against crosstown rivals St. Dickies. Keep it up, boys. Who knows? We could have the next Kidneys McGee or Izzy Palau on our hands. Make your boy a stiffy, and he'll forge friendships that will last a lifetime, especially in the lockers after the match, where sing-alongs and homoerotic horseplay are diva girls. The choice is clear for camaraderie, values, and classism. It's Stiffies, Australia's most revered and segregated private school. If your child isn't at Stiffies, they're probably in TAFE or National Service. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Well, I like Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm. Malcolm. I, like, like, I like Malcolm very much. But I'll tell you, so Scott is a great gentleman. gentleman. And, and, and I really think they're both very good people. But I've developed a very special relationship with Scott. Scott, 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 Scott. Jennifer, his wife, is somebody that loves love, love country, country very much. I can tell you that. We spoke for a while, and she truly loves your country. Obviously, you know, let's get the obvious tropes out of the way, like the pros of private school. You're yeah. going to play for the Wallabies, you know what I mean? Mm. Or at the very least, probably the Waratahs, at least on the wing or at least as CFO. Well, you, as like, soon as you get out of school, you'll get into a Colties team. Okay. At, you know, Gordon oh, Highlanders. Colties, yep, yep. Colties. I thought you meant like cult, like Scientology. Oh, you can, you'll get into a cult as well, yeah, don't yeah, get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, I mean, okay. the whole thing's a fucking cult. But um, <laughs> no, you will you will automatically be, you know, whooshed into those those elite kind of <laughs> communities as, as, as is your right. Yeah. The gilded communities, gilded, I believe they are. Gilded communities. Whereas on the other side of things, you know, when you go to public school, like I said, you're not your life isn't completely doomed. You can get out and you can can find a job. Um, right. Yeah, you, you can if you work hard enough. But I guess there 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 are a lot of pros. I mean, the, the accessibility, obviously. You know, public schools open to everyone. You know, it's a it's a broad church uh, choice, low cost, um, and there's excellent support for teenage pregnancy these days. <laughs> right. So um, there's yeah. plenty of support systems in yeah. place. 
Um, the other thing too I've sort of noticed was that educators at, at public school, they have genuinely met the criteria for a working with children permit. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's yeah. that like? Yeah, well, it's, yeah it's, it's, nice to gra- <laughs> it's nice to graduate without trauma. So there's no dark corridors in, in public schools when in, you kind of walk around, you know, through the breezeway and into the locker area. There's no like hovering m- males in their 60s, you Yeah. Know, well, there's no corridors, so it's okay. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> it's just... It's just, it's just there's just sun hitting you from every angle. Yeah, it's just so that's the thing I remember about private schools. It just felt cold. Like you mm. felt... I felt like I was in Scotland all the time I went to school on the North Shore. <laughs> in the Gord- North Gordonston Shore. or something like that, you know, where <laughs> Prince Charles went. It just looked yeah. fucking gloomy all the time, didn't it? It was just cold. It yeah. felt cold And the for some beatings, that, like, I'm, I mean, you know, like I'm not, again, not disparaging the, the entire private school system, but the beatings right. in that type yeah. of climate are not, it's not conducive. So is um, that a pro for you? Have you <laughs> mentioned a pro? Did I say a pro? I, I, I'm not I mean, sure. Was that a con? No, I think I think I said that was a pro okay. to graduate without trauma. Oh, okay, that was the, yeah. that's the takeaway. Yeah, graduating yeah. And also, trauma. also what I like just to go back as well about the pros of public schools that uh, how I couldn't name any alumni before is just mm. at least we don't get that embarrassing advocacy from people like Alan Jones or Gus Warland. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which, which I just well, I just cringe when I was, yep. yeah and I just think geez I'm happy to be a public boy when I see that. But what about yeah. yourself, mate? Uh, so many things. Um, <laughs> I think the probably the biggest pro, or you could you, you might call it a con if you will, but you know, I think a big pro for private schools is doing a gap year after you graduate. So oh, okay. I don't know if that's a thing that public no. school people do after they graduate is just to. You know, you've had a hard year, you've studied hard, you've been accepted into university, you deserve a break. And, and luckily you have the support of your family, both, you know, socially and economically to go on this overseas adventure and, and delay life basically for 12 months so you can gain experiences in inverted commas, um, you know, before coming back and, and getting your degree and that grad job at KPMG. Mm, never heard of it. I, I gave mean, you. Okay. Yeah, when I graduated, I just joined a pool comp. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, mate, I did a gap year, okay. so I, I took advantage of that. Um, and it was probably the most challenging 12-month period of my life, if I'm being completely honest, wow. uh, because I was completely emotionally unequipped for the experience because I went to a boys' school, yep. had never seen a woman in my life, yep. um, and some, suddenly was thrust into this this new thrust. overseas environment. Wow. Um, I actually somehow snared one of four gap student positions at a one of the most elite private schools or public schools as they're called over there in England. Oh, okay, yeah. So basically not Eton but the other one. Damn, I was going to say Eton. That was the only one I know. And I was just exposed to the most ridiculous privilege that you've ever seen. Please tell me about it. Like literally on Sundays these kids wore top hats and tails to, you know, Sunday church service. Literally like little fucking Winston Churchills everywhere (laughs) just walking around. All these kids then go on to study at Oxford or Cambridge. Like, there's no other option for them. Like, yep. I thought I went to a school of some some privilege, but then you know, mm. I was just completely exposed to this next level. Mm. And, you know, as GAP students, we were just expected to assimilate into this school culture. And for me, I never really fitted in. And I actually got booted out over an incident or a series of incidences. So let me get this straight. So coming from Australia here, you're, pardon if I may use this term, you're from the upper crust or, you know, upper crust of schooling, if that's fair to say. I'm uh, happy for you to correct me on that. Uh, but when you've gone to England, such is the class difference is that you've walked into one of these schools and you're the rebel. You're the vagabond. Pretty much. You're the scallywag. Pretty much. Well, so there were four GAP students chose. So every year the school selects four overseas students to come and work as GAPers, as they call them, at their school. And, you know, we we were given 
duties such as, you know, being a, a student teacher or, you know, a sports coach or an assistant boarding master, kind of those kind of responsibilities that you had. And, um, you know, so in, in terms of me, I should probably talk about my experience of getting kicked out. Yeah, that's, I'm, of, I'm of, dying of, to of know. the fucking thing. So <laughs> basically um, this whole – this school sits in a suburb where essentially everyone in the suburb is connected to the school in some way. Okay. So there was this pub down the road from us. So we as GAP students lived in this little apartment complex, just the four of us, directly opposite a boarding house. And um, there was a pub just 400 metres down the road that all the six formers would go to, you know, that we'd, we'd drink with them sometimes socially because we were actually were the same age and it was yep. kind of part of the school. I think it was run by a guy who was dating a teacher and it was loosely connected to the school. Um, anyway, I was out one one night and, um, you know, I'd had a few beers, with was with a friend and all the pubs around the area were closing and we wanted to get a taxi somewhere else. So all the pubs were closed, as I said, except this one bar, which I mentioned, yep. which was kind of almost within the school. And I saw a light on and I went, oh, maybe they'll be able to help us with a taxi. So knocked on the door. Literally, these two blokes, I'm not even joking, they must have had 6,000 pints because it was completely <laughs> unprovoked, just came out and started swinging at me. Wow. Okay. And we got into a street fight. Okay. Um, anyway, I managed to get out of the situation and escape. But a week later, I had a mate who was over from Australia and I told him about the story. You know, we'd had a few beers ourselves and, yep. he, he, you know, he said, he suggested maybe we should go and just see if they're, they're there and, you know, see what happens. Oh, God. I was like, oh, that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, a thirst for adventure. That's a, that's a really, really good idea. Nothing yeah. can go wrong there. Not so, you know, we walked over and I was just thinking there's no way these same two blokes are going to be there at this time of night. <laughs> it was like 2 a.m. Lo and behold, same two blokes <laughs> there, open the door, another street fight <laughs> one week later. But I honestly wasn't anticipating that. But, you know, I, I would probably say that we won that one on points. Yeah. Did you fight back or are you more yeah. of a, you just like crawl up and just. Well, my, the mate of mine was, you know, we, and we went to school together in Sydney. He was a very, uh, you know, he was, a, he was pretty good in a scuffle. Yeah. Okay. He was a rugby player, you know, good in a scuffle. Yeah. So he really kind of, you know. He was pretty much the one doing all the damage, and yeah. I was just kind of standing there watching. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine like a, an aristocratic beating. <laughs> yeah, so it was all done in like <laughs> Benny Hill fast yeah. forward for some reason. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, so that that happened, and we, and we kind of ran down the street giggling at what had just happened. And I thought, I'd, you know, would never, you know, come back to haunt me. But the next night, actually, um, it was about midnight. And, you know, I'm kind of a home alone in this gap student accommodation. All the other blokes are out doing shifts at different bars or whatever, what have you. Yep. And this knock on the door, I hear a knock on the door and I walk downstairs and I think, oh, it's a bit sus that someone's knocking on the door right now. Obviously, everyone knows where the gap students live, but I just thought it was like one of the other gap students, you know, forgot his keys or something. Yep. Walk down there, open up the door and it's one of these blokes from the bar wow. and he opens, I've opened the door for him. He says, remember me. Oh, God. And then there's another bloke behind him with a hockey stick. Wow. And they barge their way into my accommodation, yep. start beating the shit out of me for 30 seconds and then flee wow. the scene. As I said, there's a boarding house literally next door to us. So these horrified little kids have their like hands up, you know, mm. ghostly images looking through the window yeah. at what's going on. So, yeah, I, I, that was a bit, of a bit of a week for me. These, okay. these blokes ended up. Uh, the, the guy with the hockey stick ended up fleeing the scene. I think he was eventually found under, like, hiding under the headmaster's house or something. Wow. Okay. And they asked me, you know, the cops came. They said, do you want to press charges? And I thought, no, I just want this to blow over. Yeah, of course you do. But um, obviously the school got wind of it. Yes. And they thought, look, we can't have our reputation being damaged in any way, shape or form. Yes. And they politely asked me to leave. Right. No hush money. 
even though, you know, and I would wager that I really initiated none of this. Um, and it was kind of the school's responsibility to protect me, I would have thought. Yeah, you would think um, so. And the guy who, you know, ran this bar was, you know, heavily yeah. involved in all of this, but yes. and was kind of affiliated with the school. And I just think back to it now, I'm like, I would have fucking cancelled this school so hard. Oh, wouldn't you ever? If it this happened in 2021. Everywhere. It would be, every, you'd be tagging them in your posts and everything. But, you know, that, that is, you were banished in shame back to Australia for being beaten up. Well, that's the thing. Like, I thought this is the end of my gap year. It's over. And then luckily um, I had some other mates who were working at a co-ed boarding school. So more kind of your scene. Yeah. Um, boys girls. and girls. Yeah. Co-ed. Yeah. And they were across town. And luckily one of the other gap students there, a South African bloke, had gotten into a relationship with a 15-year-old girl there and got kicked out for that. So there was actually an opening for me. <laughs> So through his kind of sex offence, I, I was able to fill his position as like in you know, a reserve IT teacher and, and thus my gap mm. year was able to continue, it's like albeit a- not at a gilded public school in England, but at, you know, a, a, a pretty rough and tumble, you know, mm. Thanks co-ed to school. So Sharon- I got to see both sides. Yes, of course. In that year, I got to experience, you know, the absolute zenith of privilege. Yep. And just, you know, teen pregnancy, rife boarding school. <laughs> Thanks to a serendipitous sex crime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I was just picturing you at the door when these like mafia come in to bash you, and you're just like piffing textbooks at him. Like, <laughs> Please, sir. Okay. Well, anyway, what, so I don't know what, what my recommendation is there. Yeah, was than, that a pro? Uh, I'm not well, sure. Well, gap years, uh, they give you life experience is what I'm saying. So I yeah. hadn't had any life experience leading up to that. Yes, you know, yes. My life was dominated by you know the acquisition of cadet cadet responsibilities, prefect yep. being a prefect, you know, playing footy and cricket for this school. And, and now I got to experience real life, yes, which and, is nice. And do you, you look back and think, thank fuck I went to a private school because now I'd be fucked if I didn't? Every day, mate. <laughs> uh, and do we have just time for one? I do have some cons for public school. I mean, it, it, might be okay. hard, it might be hard to believe seeing I've pumped its tyres up so much yep. for 20 minutes now. But, I mean, there's obviously uh, a really bad teacher-to-student ratio. Like, I mean, I'm assuming in private schools, it's like one-to-one probably. Yep, pretty or it's much. probably like two teachers to one. <laughs> yeah, pretty and much. And that's not just in the classroom. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess, uh, the bad con, another con of public schools, just that the, the graffiti is really crap compared right. to private. Like, I know at private, you probably uh, write really profound things on the toilet door in Latin, probably with you know, calligraphy yeah. pen. I remember so, my school actually commissioned Banksy to come okay. around and do some stencil art <laughs> on, on some of the sandstone buildings. So that's, that's what you get there. Well, do we think we got to the bottom of it? Have we have we have we bridged the gap between the class divide, mate, or is it is it wider than it's ever been? I think we got there in the end, mate. This is the best country in the world. In-